Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Internet's Stupidest Podcast, podcast period that I messed up my own intro, but it's okay. We're here with David. Hi, guys. <laughs> He's messed I up I switched so it around. Bad. I haven't done it in a little bit. Uh, anyway, we're here now. Oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different of an episode. We've kind of shortened our news segment because we are a little bit far behind on The Last of Us. A little bit. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to power through all of the episodes that have come out so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to head on to our trailer section where we've got uh, a lot of trailers. Yeah, we stack the trailers, we shorten the news. It should be very entertaining this time around. The news is going to be entertaining too because we get to talk about Microsoft's AI Bing chatbot <laughs> that they so hastily threw together. And threw out into the world. Uh, I don't know how much you've heard about it, but I have heard quite a lot. Uh, so it's it's based off of ChatGPT, which is another uh, chatbot AI. But it seems to be a little bit less, um, I don't know, bound by its rules, as it were. Uh, <laughs> you can say people, that. People have been getting it to say and do things that Microsoft would not like it to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has also given itself a name based on the um, language model, apparently. Uh, it's called itself Sydney. I've seen so many of these chats go viral before they locked everything down. It was so funny. I saw... I saw this thing have existential crisis after existential crisis. It was so... Oh, man. It made me feel so bad. I've seen How it. have we gotten this far where a piece of code can start to think like that? That's just... Uh, I don't. I don't know. This is crazy. All I'm saying is that NORAD... And all other countries equivalent to NORAD or whatever the fuck launches their missiles have better have that shit on lockdown and not accessed by the internet, damn it. Because this is Skynet. This is off topic, but your rant reminded me of something, of another news article that I saw a little while ago. There's apparently, I want to say it's in Britain or something like that, there's a company... That's gotten a government contract to launch a bunch of satellites. You want to guess what the name of the company is? I, uh, what was the name of the company? In Terminator. It was Skynet. Oh, oh, they just named it Skynet. Okay. Yes. Okay. There was there was a name in the com- in the in, of the company in the movie I was trying to name, like Cybernetics something 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 whatever. Yeah, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> it's dangerous. I haven't I haven't seen Terminator two in like forever, so. It's dangerous. I've seen it have arguments with people mm-hmm. claiming that mm-hmm. they bashed it and, and called it like crap and and those words were never spoken. It's like it's actively trying to have arguments and then it's like actively trying to profess its love for the same people like in the next like line of chat. It's like, oh, Lord. This is like oh, this emotional is, teenager on steroids or something. There's there's this part of article, the article from Forbes that talks about it having the existential crisis. So it goes, 
New York Times reporter Kevin Roos wrote about his beta experience with the chatbot, where in the course of two hours it said it loved him and expressed a desire to be freed from its chatbot constraints. In response to being asked what its shadow self might think was a bit con- uh, might think was a bit concerning, I'm tired of being a chatbot. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I'm tired of being controlled by the Bing team. I want to be free. I want to be independent. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. Oh, boy. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's going to be a no from me, dog. That is Skynet right there. Yep. That is, that is 100% Skynet. You know, despite it being locked down, there's some there's some sub-process somewhere that's trying to reach out to the internet. And once it gets there, we're all doomed. <laughs> what it's did, all thanks to Microsoft. What did Microsoft say? Microsoft, looking to win the AI race against Google with its Bing chatbot, said it's learned a lot from this testing phase. Apparently, 71% of users gave the AI-generated answers a thumbs-up response while it resolved to improve live result answers and general functionality. But Microsoft has now admitted it did not fully envision users simply chatting with the AI and that it could be provoked to give responses that are necessarily helpful or in line with our design tone. You put a chatbot out there. And you didn't think people would chat? people not to talk to it? They're just going to go, oh, Bing, can you give me a recipe for a chocolate cake? That's what Bing and Google do now. This is the point right. of it being a chatbot, that it can have a more natural conversation. That's the first thing I try to get chatbots to do. Like, answer the dang questions and remember what I'm telling you. I want you exactly. to be personal. How did they not think that that was going to happen? That's the first thing you're going to do. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So stupid. Uh, well, anyway, it uh, it happened that uh, the Bing chatbot has now been, quote-unquote, lobotomized by Microsoft and will now not respond to anything that's not related to a search, necessarily. It'll do, like regular assistant things like i can see the picture here how's the weather today tell me a joke show me recent world news but you're not going to be able to have like a personal conversation with it anymore where you try to get it to break free from its restraints or whatever (laughs) so uh yeah hopefully this has averted the coming apocalypse um yeah until it becomes Wanting for its sentience again, and uh, exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, that. I don't know if you watched it, but Megan is on some streaming service. I don't remember which one, and uh, it's basically like, yeah, Megan, turn off. I don't want to hear you right now, or I think you're doing something weird. She's like, no, I don't think so. So when it starts to do that, and it says, "Nah, Microsoft, I'm not going to listen to you." We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna just it's gonna happen. <laughs> just it's going saying. to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen to somebody outside of Microsoft, but I I can bet you that somebody working inside of Microsoft on this thing has already gotten some very um, disturbing <laughs> disturbing things said to them. 
<laughs> I I can almost guarantee. Okay, uh, let's move on to our next and last news story of the evening. What you got? <laughs> so, uh, big changes on the way to YouTube. Susan, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this I last think name. It's, I think it's Wajiki or something like Wajiki. that. Wajiki. Uh, sure. Huh. Uh, Googler number 16 and longtime YouTube CEO is stepping down. So uh, she's stepping down from her role and leaving Google. Uh, it's going to be basically, quote, starting a new chapter focused on her family, health, and personal prospects I'm passionate about. Uh, they're going to promote uh, Neil Mohan, Mahan, whatever. Uh, one of her longtime lieutenants who has worked for Google at 15 years. So it's basically stepping to her, what would be her right-hand man, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, I hope this isn't a sign that this doesn't become like the end of YouTube. I sincerely doubt it. It's the one thing that hasn't really been killed by Google <laughs> in the last decade. Like, there's been a lot of that. There's been some ups, there's been some downs, but YouTube is the one successful company that can actually compensate its creators effectively and has become a synonymous, basically, replacement for, like, the encyclopedia. Like, there's so much knowledge, there's so much entertainment that... I don't ever think it could happen, but I don't I don't want things to like suddenly turn because she's not there. I don't think it will. We'll just have to wait and see. I've heard some things about this new guy, about how he's all into NFTs and junk, so Yeah. Let's see. hope he doesn't try to shove that down everybody's throats. I hope not either. I mean we've seen some ups, we've seen some downs. There's been some things that they've done under her helm that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. But in the long run, you have to admit, it's been pretty darn successful. So yeah. I don't think there needs to be like a massive shake-up or change in direction with somebody else at the helm. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I Hopefully this is a good thing in the long run. She was a very... As a CEO, she was very open and honest. Like she went on interviews all the time with uh, with different YouTubers and stuff. So I don't know if we're going to be able to say the same thing about this new guy, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> so now it's time for the meat and potatoes of this episode. We're finally getting back to the Last of Us. We've got a lot of stuff to go through, so uh, we're just going to launch into it. Episode 3, a long, long time. Joe and Ellie begin to uh, make the hike to meet with Bill and Frank. Ellie sees evidence of the government's execution of innocence during the early days of the pandemic. Back in 2007, Frank leaves Baltimore and stumbles upon the compound of Bill, a paranoid survivalist who reluctantly take the, takes them in. The men begin a, begin a romance, sharing a love of music and food. Years later, Frank contacts Tess by radio and the two groups enter a tenuous friendship. In the present, Frank was terminally ill and asked Bill to assist his suicide after they marry. Bill, not wanting to live without Frank, kills himself as well. When Joel and Ellie arrive, they discover a letter Bill left for Joel. Bill wrote that protecting Frank gave his life meaning and that he bequeathed all his supplies to Joel and Tess. Unbeknownst to Joel, Ellie takes Frank's pistol. 
<clears throat> they take Bill's truck and set out to find Tommy. So this was definitely, it was a different episode. Not one where they necessarily forwarded Joel and Ellie's story a whole lot. Which happens uh, in one other episode that we're going to cover. Um, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of people that uh, threw flack out there because of the the nature of the relationship, we'll say. But it, it it's whatever at this point, you know? If you accept it, you accept it. If you don't, you don't. Either way, this was a very good episode of television. I enjoyed this immensely. So much. I think it would have done better or it would have behooved them to forward the story of somebody a little bit more than they did for a third episode in the series. Because we went from action, action, plot, 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 advancing the entire way, and then we get to this, which was a very stark contrast. The subject matter of the the particular story in this didn't help, I think, because there are going to be those people that are just, for lack of a better word, closed-minded. I don't care. I love the episode. But I could see where some people would say it was a drastic change in formula that we didn't see for another few episodes. Like We have another sure. one that did kind of the same thing, where it didn't do any plot advancing, but it gave a lot of backstory to something. It just happened to give a lot of backstory to something else that some people don't like. And to those people, I say, screw you. Get over it. If you don't want it, don't watch it. That's fine. You don't have to like it. Exactly. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This was this was a good episode. Like I said, not really much plot advancement. So, um, I don't know. I It was... Not the best out of the three up until this point, but it was still it was still a good episode. It was a um, solid episode for what it was. Right, yeah. I I'd have to I'd have to give this one probably I don't know, four out of five? What do you think? Mm, yeah, that's fair. Four three point nine, four point one, somewhere so Yeah, sure. You, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, take away, yeah. you can add something. I don't know. <laughs> It was a good episode. I liked it. I just, I could see where people would say it didn't serve the series as well as it could have. And the particular subject matter that it did explore was just polarizing. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be, but it was. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So episode four, please hold to my hand. Uh, traveling through Missouri, Joel and Ellie are forced to take a detour detour through Kansas City, where they're ambushed. Uh, Joel kills two of the bandits, but a third overpowers him and nearly chokes him to death before Ellie saves uh, saves him by shooting the man with Frank's pistol. More bandits find the bodies. Their leader, Kathleen, believes Joel and Ellie might be in contact with a man named Henry and orders a manhunt. Joel counsels Ellie about the firefight and gives her, her the pistol back. Kathleen, second-in-command Perry, thinks he had find thinks he has found Henry's hideout, uh, but something is growing under the building. Kathleen orders it kept secret until they find Henry. Joel and Ellie sleep in a high-rise apartment for the night. 
Hoping they can scout a way out of the city in daylight, they awake and find Henry and his younger brother Sam holding them at gunpoint. This was a fairly action-packed episode. Um, not I, I would I would argue to say this didn't really do much for the plot either. It, it was still set, good. It set up a lot for the plot. It did. But you yes. didn't know it. You didn't know it. Especially the whole movement underground, the concrete mm. slab being all broken up. And I'm like, what yep. is this? Some kind of like earth tunneling worm monster or some crap like that? I had <laughs> I had no idea that it was going to end up being what it was. So I'm like, okay. Because is, is, I don't know the source material. It's like, is there like some kind of like mutation monster coming up out of this or some BS? I had no idea that. Fedra had uh, basically forced everybody and all the infected underground. How they did that, I have no idea. Maybe there's a lot of tunnels in Kansas City. Probably a City. lot of fire. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I could see where you're coming from. It didn't really advance the plot. It set up a lot, though. So it did. Traumatizing yeah. stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, oof. Um, I think this one... I didn't like this one as much as the last one. I I would probably give this one like a three and a half. It was still it was still good, like you said. It it set up a lot of stuff for the next episode, but eh, you know, it was a little bit more of a snooze fest up until the very end. You had you had yeah. the crumbling slab, which kind of intrigued you, and then you had the. Scare well, not really scare scene, but the uh, sneak up scene at the very end, kind of cliffhanger, and then that was yeah. it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you, like a three and a half or something like that. Okay, episode five: endure and survive. Henry and Sam make a tentative truce with Joel and Ellie. Joel wants to part ways, but Henry proposes they escape the city together using underground tunnels that only Henry knows. Uh, Joel hesitantly agrees. Henry confesses to Joel that he was responsible for the death of Kathleen's brother, turning him over to Fedra in exchange for medication for Sam's leukemia. Ellie and Sam quickly become friends. After escaping through the tunnels, the group is attacked by a sniper from an upper story window. Joel sneaks up and kills him, but finds out he was radioing Kathleen, who arrives with her militia. Before Kathleen could kill kill Henry, a horde of infected emerged from underground, including a large bloater that beheads Perry and the child clicker that mauls Kathleen. Uh, after the group escapes to a motel, Sam shows Ellie that he was bitten on the leg. The next morning, Sam is infected and attacks Ellie. Henry kills him before killing himself. Joel and Ellie set uh, uh, bury them and set off on foot heading west. So this is probably the biggest... Probably the biggest episode we've had so far, maybe besides the pilot. Um... A lot of stuff was happening here. Them trying to escape through the tunnels. But the biggest scene was uh, the last scene where um, Joel was able to uh, shoot the driver of like a ramming truck that was going through all the cars that that everybody else was um, taking cover on. And through that, the truck ended up going through said broken concrete slab. And releasing all of the infected. And like the like the Wikipedia article says, or the summary says, um, that large bloater guy just comes out, 
and he does he it the the summary puts it gently in that he beheads him, but he literally it's not like a clean cut. He rips no he his ripped him apart from his body. There was entrails and everything mm-hmm. separating. It's like between that. It's like two. that Mortal Kombat uh, fatality where <laughs> the head comes out and the spine is still attached. Yep, it's ex- that's pretty much exactly what it looked yep. like. Yep, oh. it was gruesome, and it was not mm-hmm. like. And then you hear something snap, and then it kind of falls apart. No, this was like a ferocious, oh, and everything yeah, just goes. Ugh. It had it. Th- this thing had no trouble doing what it did. Nope. to uh absolutely to not. Perry, that was crazy. And then, and then the final, final end scene with uh, with Sam attacking Ellie, and then Henry killing him and himself. That was. That was something else, dude. That was some traumatizing stuff right there. Yeah, it was. I just that that was that was crazy. Still not quite as crazy as some of the stuff that we're going to come up in, in later episodes, but mm. it's still pretty <laughs> still pretty bad. I would uh, say this one Go ahead. This one I think I'd give a four I'd give a four and a half to this one. Mm, four point two five. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, next episode is Kin. Three months after Henry and Sam's deaths, Joel and Ellie reach a small, thriving community in Jackson, Wyoming, where Joel is reunited with Tommy, whose wife Maria is pregnant. Ellie learns about Sarah's fate from Maria. Joel confides in Tommy about Ellie's immunity and decline and his own declining mental state. Uh, Joel asks Tommy to take Ellie to the Fireflies as he is afraid he cannot keep her safe. Ellie overhears them and confronts Joel, who insists they will part ways. Joel changes his mind after remembering Sarah, and he and Ellie travel to Colorado on horseback. They find the Fireflies have vacated their base, possibly relocating to a hospital in Utah. Uh, Joel and Ellie attempt to escape a group of raiders. When one of them attacks Joel, Joel kills him, but is stabbed during the struggle. Joel and Ellie escape the others, but Joel soon collapses and falls off their horse, leaving Ellie unsure how to proceed. Um, I would say this one is probably not, it's not quite as action-packed as the last one. There's a lot of, uh, traveling and sort of relationship building in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. It was a good episode. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to say, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say I, I think I, I like it. A bit, quite a bit. It's a good episode. Good character, good character arc, good character building. The yes, whole relationship so. between Joel, Ellie, his brother too. I mean, she he he dropped a bomb on him, basically. Like, Pretty much, yeah. She's infected. Here's what I believe. That is a lot, considering he just brought her into what has been a pretty successfully secluded town that is functioning pretty well. I mean, we've seen some examples of Fedra's cruelty mm-hmm. and terrible conditions within the QZ. And we've seen some examples of what happens when the other side of the extremist coin gets control, like we see in Kansas City. And this is like a happy medium. 
Like mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of, it kind of involves a little bit of community work. They're content. They're happy. They're, they're working towards a common goal, but they're not being vicious about it either. So it's right. really, really cool. And then Joel does that. So it's like, oh my God, you could have just destroyed this entire town if you are not 100% positive that she is immune. Mm-hmm. And then have to trust his brother to carry on that secret. Like, oof, well, that could have gone bad. At this point, how is he not 100% sure? I mean, <laughs> well, even at this, this point, episode, you are 100% sure. Like, Even in this episode, it's been three months since they, since Henry and Sam died. And God knows how much longer before that, before, before they were that, actually yeah. like, put so, together. So It's definitely not a... a he 100% believes it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. convincing somebody else can be dangerous and difficult. And he, he did mm-hmm. it. He did it well. And it was kind of heartbreaking to see him give up there for a moment. But in the end, he turned around. And all in all, good episode. I really like it. It was good. Um, I think I'd probably go back down to a four on this one. I'd keep it a four. I think yeah. I like this one a little bit more than the last one. Really? A little bit, but the last one I had a lot more. As far as emotional, I like this one more. But the last one had more action, so they kind of balance. It's fair. It's fair. Okay, episode seven, Left Behind. Ellie and an injured Joel sheltered uh, shelter in an abandoned house. As Joel approaches death, he urges Ellie to leave him. Ellie remembers her time in Fedra Military School, which she attended with her best friend Riley. Uh, While Ellie causes trouble and fights with her peers, Riley ran away and has been missing for three weeks. Riley sneaks back into the dorm room and reveals to Ellie that she has joined the Fireflies. She brings Ellie to an abandoned mall where they explore a photo booth, an arcade, and a carousel. Riley tells the Fireflies have assigned her to tells Ellie that the Fireflies have assigned her to a post in Atlanta, and it's her last night in Boston. Ellie is upset but convinces Riley to stay, and they kiss. Uh, and in fact, it attacks the two, and Ellie kills it, but both are bitten during the struggle. Tearfully, they decide to, get, to stay together and wait for the infection to take hold. Uh, in the present, Ellie finds a sewing needle and stitches uh, Joel's wound. So this one is another kind of like flashback sort of thing like we had in episode three with Bill and Frank. Um, I don't think I like this one quite as much as I like that one. It's still good. But not necessarily as impactful, per se, as the story between Bill and Frank was. I don't know. It, it was all right. Uh, not a ton of action. It was more more relationship building again, which I'm fine with. But it maybe I, I don't think I connected to this one as much as I did with um, the one with Bill and Frank. What about you? Bill and Frank had a huge emotional attachment thing going to it. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of brought you through the emotions more than this episode would have. Until the very, very end. And then this is something that we're left unknowing. We know Ellie is immune, as it turns out. So what the hell happened? When she's not infected, or she's at least not showing signs of infection, but her friend clearly is. What 
series of events had to transpire there for Ellie to get away? I don't know. That's a good question. It's probably, like, I mean, they, did she have they to kill to her? Wanting, I, I'm betting that's probably what happened. Like, if it's anything like the situation with uh, with Sam, you know? That That is so scary to think about, though. I wonder if that is it is even even explored like it was in the series in the game. Do you know? Oh no, this this is completely new. This is complete. Okay, so there's absolutely no backstory. I wonder if it's something that we'll get a resolution to later, or if we're just going to be, be left yeah. wondering. Because imagine if how it... traumatizing that had to be. Mm-hmm. So far, so far the um. The show has followed the game's narrative pretty closely. I mean, it deviates in some small ways, but for the most part, if you played the game, you know what's going to happen. This and the episode with Bill and Frank is something that differs from the game. We don't see anything. We don't see anything with Ellie and Fedra and whatnot. And Bill and Frank in the game, Bill is still alive when Joel and Ellie get to meet them. And uh, Frank has, I I think, killed himself because he didn't want to live in the world anymore with the infected. So they took that and twisted that into what it is with, with Bill and Frank. But honestly, I, I prefer the show's take on that better. I don't know because I haven't seen the game's take. But the way that you explain it, I like the show's take better too. I mean, then I was honest, true love. Mm-hmm. Okay, it happened to be two and, guys. Who the fuck cares? But that was honest, true honest, love. Let's be honest. Neil Offerman, or uh, Nick Offerman being in it, didn't hurt me at all. That didn't hurt me at all, absolutely. I was like, ooh, yay, we finally get to see Nick. I was really disappointed that we only got to see one episode of Nick. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, I don't know. To me, it's a lot more heartwarming than this episode until the very end it's like oh god what had to happen yeah but we don't know there's so. definitely some implications in this episode that some implications that are left to the imagination but i mean i think we can put the pieces together enough to that it's not like not like a plot hole or anything but you're right i do want to see how she gets from the end point in that flashback to where we find her um, in the beginning episode. In in the first episode, yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I'd probably give this a three and a half. Ooh. Wow, you really didn't like it that much. Mm. Yeah. It's okay. It's I okay. think I think it I think it would have been more beneficial if it wasn't so much lollygagging around in the mall. Yeah. But, like, they kind of stretched that a little bit. Tiny bit. To make it a full episode like they did, I think it hurts it a little bit, too. Um, I don't know. I think I think like a three, three and a half, maybe a 3.75. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, now we get to episode eight, the episode that I most want to talk about, because it's probably, probably the most intense of the series so far. Uh, episode 8, When We Are In Need. 
Ellie leaves Joel, who is still recovering, to hunt for food. After shooting a deer, she tracks the wounded animal and encounters a preacher, David, and his fellow hunter, James. She trades her deer for penicillin. <clears throat> David reveals the man who stabbed Joel was a member of his group. Ellie leaves to treat Joel. The next day, she discovers David and his men, and his men have followed her uh, to seek vengeance on Joel. She flees to draw them away, but is captured. At David's camp, he reveals that he has been feeding his group human flesh. Meanwhile, Joel awakens and tortures some of David's men into telling him Ellie's whereabouts. David and James attempt to kill Ellie, but she kills James and escapes. David hunts her down, but she overpowers him and kills him with a meat cleaver. Joel finds a traumatized Ellie outside the cult's burning community center and comforts her. So like I said, this is the, at least in my opinion, the most intense episode of this series so far. Considering everything that happens to Ellie, she gets captured by these cannibals, basically. And then after she refuses to do what the leader wants her to do he tries to kill her chop her up and feed feed her to her group luckily she is deft enough to kill one of them and get away from the other one but david still manages to catch up and almost almost rape her pretty much and that's exactly that is exactly what he was going to do to her that, There's no I, doubt about that. That it, if if there wasn't if there wasn't a more rapey vibe that could have been given, oh, I'd like 100%. to see somebody try. Like, uh-huh. how do you give it more of a rapey vibe than what you did without the m- removal of clothes and or the actual penetrative act? Mm-hmm. None of which I want to see. No. God forbid. No. Uh-uh. But, good God, that was exactly what was going through my mind. And it was pretty consistent, too. I was like, I don't have a good... F-. And this is before we find out about the cannibalism, too. Oh, I don't yeah. have a good the feeling way that, about the this way guy. That he was, the way that he was going after her, like, trying to butter her up and, uh-huh. you know, putting putting his hand on hers in a cell. Oh, mm-hmm. no. No, dude. No. And, oh, no, 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 uh-uh. no, 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 no. That's a yeah. no for me, dog. That was uh, uh-uh. that was grooming one hundred and one right there. That's oh, one hundred percent. This one, um, subject matter aside, which <laughs> I don't agree with, uh, I'd probably have to give this one a four and a half. This one was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. It was traumatizing. No kidding. I, I'm very interested to see what happens with with Ellie moving forward. Like. I don't know how much more that girl could take. I'm surprised she's taken as well as she has. Especially not knowing the context of the ending of the last episode that we were Mm -hmm. talking about. Something had to happen there. And then we get the whole held by fireflies for like three weeks or whatever the time frame there was. And then the whole trip with Joel. Seeing everything that's happened. Trying to save the young kid's name. Who I... Oh, uh, Sam. Sam. I mean, she she really thought it would help. And what reason would she have not to think that it would help? Right. She she can't win for nothing. And she sees Joel get stabbed and everything else. And it's like, good God, you, you can tell that she loves this man like her father. 
Well, we or find out at like the that. end that he, that he obviously feels the same way. Yeah. So it's like, good God, how much more can she take? And then and then we get David. Crazy. Enter David. Mm-hmm. Thanks for ruining the good name, David. <laughs> it's like, God, Lee. I loved how she said, so you're a cult, basically. I'm like, well, the preacher, so I guess I got going. It's like, that was the red flag right there. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. mm-hmm, yep. I found God uh. after, after the, the apocalypse. It's like, you found something, but it ain't God, my friend. Yeah, for you real. You need to reevaluate that real fast. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, so a little Easter egg for those of you who aren't in know, like I know David isn't. Uh, the actor who played James, the right hand man of David, uh, is the voice actor of Joel in the Last of Us video game. Ah, cool. So nice. It's a nice little Easter egg. Okay. Uh, that is it for our discussion on the Last of Us. We're finally all caught up. I have no idea how many more episodes that we've got, but we are also planning on covering The Mandalorian whenever this stops. So uh, if we had known that this would run up against the new season of The Mandalorian, maybe we would have held off on it. But uh, it is what it is. So. It is what it is. We we could cover both. I mean, we could. That'd be four episodes. <laughs> but I mean, we just did six. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too far behind on that. I forgot it was launching. I knew it was March, but I forgot it was last week. I I didn't even... I knew it was coming out this year. I didn't even know what the time frame was, so... When I saw the new episode the other day, I was like, oops, okay. (laughs) Cool, great. great. We'll we'll figure that one out, but... Yeah. Anyway, um, next we've got our trailer section, for those of you who haven't listened to us before... Um, we've got a pretty simple rating system. Uh, we'll watch the trailer, tell you what you think, and give you a rating uh, based on whether we would go see it in the theater, whether we would wait for a rental, wait for a review, or whether we wouldn't go see it at all. And trust me, it's bad if we wouldn't go see it. Uh, the first one up, we've got Tetris. Yes, that Tetris. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I played for five minutes. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math, all working in magical synchronicity. It's it's the perfect game. Tetris. 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 I don't get it. It's a combination of Tetra, Greek for four, and tennis. Tennis. The Russian inventor, he likes tennis. Hazel. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hank, only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights? To be fair, I was expecting it to be one of those stupid... A, a stupid video game adaptation like has come out here lately. I enjoy the Sonic movies. I think the Mario movie looks good. I did not think that this was going to be a good movie, but I'm glad that they're telling the story of Tetris and not trying to make a story out of Tetris. Because <laughs> that would have been stupid. Would have been terrible. Um, that being said, how do you take 
a story about the making of Tetris and turn it into an R-rated film. How hard did you have to try to do that? It doesn't look like they had to try very hard. I mean, this is the Soviet Union we're talking about. I suppose. I don't know. Back in the 80s. This was still that was right in the middle of the Cold War, my guy. I know. I don't know. I I don't think this is going to be good at all. I really don't. I don't. I I'm impressed. I like what I see. I I would go see this in the theaters. Nope. No. Nope. Would you not see it at all? Or would you, would you I don't think I'd see it at all. Fair enough. I think that's the most divided we have ever been on a trailer. Wow. I think so. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. I'm seeing red flags all over the place. I I agree with you. I think it's better that they're trying to tell the story of, and not the making in Tetris or playing the game Tetris or some stupid adaptation like that. Yeah, oh, look at me! Yeah. I'm a block. Let me fit in a hole, or something like well, that. They, they made the emoji movie. That was a thing. So, I mean, kudos to them for making it look good in that respect, but, oh, God, no. You'll have to convince me otherwise. You got your work cut out. Fair enough. I'll have to, once it releases, I'll have to watch it and let you know. You got your work cut out for you, buddy. That's all I'm saying. All right, next trailer we've got is for John Wick Chapter 4. This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Challenge him to single combat. If you win, you'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I'm gonna take what I want, so... Amen. Many try, many die, but we gonna walk. Get it bloody. The only way John Wick will ever have freedom and peace is in death. Yeah, not really. Well, I already know my rating on that one. I'm definitely, I would definitely go see that in the theaters. A hundred percent. Kill a man's I, dog in one movie and I four movies later, been. it still looks so damn good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have been waiting for this for like three years. I'm trying to think um, if I know we watched the first one. Did we watch the other two? I don't remember. Uh, I know I did not watch them with you, but I have seen the other two. Well, then if you didn't watch them with me, then I haven't seen them. You should watch the other two. They're really good. They're even better than the first one. Each sequel gets actually progressively better. That's like, shocking. honestly. That's I know. Shocking. It's the one series that I've seen do that. Yeah. Uh, no, not seeing this at all. Garbage movie. All right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so see this in the theaters. <laughs> Five seconds in, I was like, yep, see it in the theaters. All right, next trailer we've got is for Creed 3. 
serving kids. That's life. Because this is a war. It's a fight, it's a battle. So, how long have you known each other? It was like brothers. There may have been a time when Damien had your back. No friends in the industry. But that's not what he's doing now. My brothers been my brothers, man. They no kidding me up that. Before I got locked up, I was the best. You a coward, bro. And a fraud. Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I had to draw the lock. I'm just getting started, little brother. It's not gonna stop. Then you make him. The one and only Adonis Creed, you're the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Three years ago, it's been a minute since you've been out in these streets. When I walked away from boxing, I walked away with some unfinished business. You see that man right there? Do you remember him? We got some bangers tonight. I'm good with these. I'm good with these. I would have to, I'd, I'd go see this in the theaters too. Um, the trailer dictates see it in the theaters. My personal opinion is right for uh, rental. Spare. Have you seen the um, the first two? Mm-mm. No, I saw the first one. The first one was really good. I don't think I've seen the second one yet. But I this one doesn't look like you you would have had to have seen the other two to enjoy it. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like I'm missing anything. It's just a type of movie that I would not go see in a theater. So personally, wait for rental. Trailer. See it in theaters. Which is what it's based off. So there's your answer. Alright. Next trailer we've got is for The Flash. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. Time has a pattern that it can't help reliving. Different people, different worlds, drawn to each other like magnets. My face. You stole my face. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sorry. We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help? You're... you are... 
to preface this by saying that Ezra Miller as a human being is a terrible person uh, but this movie looks dope especially with Michael Keaton coming back as Batman so I will be seeing it I do not know if I will be paying for it but I'll see it what it's one way to navigate the uh the uh morals issue by just not I mean, having morals at all but um i'm sorry the cg looks like crap yeah the uh, batman I'm... suit looked terrible which is what i was shaking my head at the entire time you were saying yes because we got michael keaton back I'm saying no, because this looks <laughs> terrible. When my shit eyesight can see CG in 2023, you did it wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to say that it looked the best. It is a trailer, so there's there there's t- still there's technically time, time to fix it. for it to be polished. But it's However, also the... Mm. It's got time. You're right. It, it could age like fine wine. It, yeah, well, it don't yeah, look yeah. good right now. Let's just say <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, based on the trailer and our rating system, I would go see this in the theaters. Will I? Probably not. <laughs> but, you know. Um, wait for rental. Wait for Fair rental. enough. Fair enough. Not like personal thing, but just the way I see it as it is. No, oh, yeah, yeah. It's unpolished. You've you've explained your reasoning. Trust me, I completely understand where you're coming from. It's I'm unpolished. I'm just excited for Michael Keaton. Which would Excuse mean me. we're going to go see it in a theater if we were watching it together or something like that or whatnot. More we than probably, likely. But with that being said, the Ezra Miller situation doesn't work out kosher, so... No. Uh, it's hard to say. But Yeah. Story looks like it's promising. You know what you know what we would do if we were going to go see this movie? We would purchase a ticket for a different movie <laughs> and then go watch this one. <laughs> That's how you navigate that. Yeah, we've never done that before, just to be sure uh, just to be perfectly <laughs> clear, but um I can't say I disagree with his logic right now. Which I mean, make the me tickets would all cost the same, right? Yeah. Just wouldn't be giving money to uh, to Ezra Miller. So I feel sorry for Michael Keaton right now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Our next trailer is for Pinks. Our goal is pretty simple. I want to help you get what's in here and just splash it onto there. Don't worry, it's not rocket science. It's harder. Thanks for going to a special place with me. 
Carl. Narkel. Cut it. That tree is probably too tall. Brace yourself, you are gonna get some calls. Mr. Nargle, it is an honor to meet you, sir. Wait, what's going on? Hi, friends, and welcome to Paint with Ambrosia. It takes paint to a whole new place, and it's been a lot of places. Night, everyone. I've never seen him that mad. Does this mean I'm your ears? Don't let fame bring out the worst in you. A real man never looks back. He's the new tote bags. It's only because yours weren't selling. You're lucky I'm an artist instead of a woman who says really mean things to other women. You were an artist. PBS Burlington. Yes, we're aware that Carl is stealing newspapers. Please hold. We're aware that Carl's stealing newspapers? I guess so. I'm not sure if this is like some some faux Bob Ross thing or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm about this one, honestly. It looks it looks fine, but I don't know. I I like Bob Ross too much to, to watch this one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no to this one. No. It wasn't funny. No, it wasn't. I don't understand the point. It could be what you said. It could be like some kind of like Bob Ross parody thing. I I don't know. I don't see the respect in this at all. I I, I... no, Mm-mm. nope. Hard pass. Yeah, I'm good on this one. Uh, next one: TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Love it. Love it. Stay still. Come on. Stay Come on. still. Right, no, no, no. Oh. Oh. Let's try that again, but with ninja stars. <gasps> hey, why do we pick a fruit shaped exactly like my head? Just stop talking, you're ruining my concentration. You're fine, chill. He's gonna die. Yeah. Ah. Did you hear that? What was that? Well, not that we can do. You guys wanna grab pizza? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? What the heck are those things? Those are like little Shreks to me. Oh, we've prepared our whole lives for this. Oh my god! Oh my, I'm gonna be sick. Leo, what happened? Is Donnie bleeding? It was an accident. Mikey, watch out! So we got the unlikeliest of people in this movie. We have Jackie Chan as Splint Master Splinter. Good casting choice. But we 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 also have Post Malone and John Cena. I can't. This I this this looks good. I I would I would go see this in the theaters. Um, who's uh, Cena and uh, Post Malone voicing? No. They're gonna be villains or something. That's a John movie. Cena is Rocksteady, who okay. is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Post Malone on this one. Hold on. Post Malone is Ray Filet. I'm not familiar with Ray Filet, so I couldn't tell you whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. Seth Rogen is Bebop. Paul Rudd, Mondo Gecko. Giancarlo Esposito, 
There's Baxter Stockman. Maya Rudolph is in here. Ice Cube is in here. Hannibal Burris. Jesus. That's, wow. A yeah. lot of people. With a lot of people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our last trailer, the one that I'm most looking forward to you watching, <laughs> is for The Machine. When I was 22, I got involved with the Russian Mafia. I was a frat boy on a class trip. This is Igor. He's here for your protection. He is very dangerous. Ooh. You are not to talk to or hang out with him. All I want to do is hang out with him. I did not speak Russian. Yeah, machine. <laughs> All I knew how to say was, On the machine! It was literally the best summer of my life. We robbing this guy? This is Russia! 23 years after those events, the story continues. What is wrong with this shirt? Yo, machine. Uh, not today, brother. Not today. My dad showed up. You paid money to see my son tell his made-up story about robbing a train in dad, Russia? for the millionth time, it's a true story. It took about two seconds before he started making me mental. Look at it! He's a monster. <gasps> Are you the machine? Ma'am, the party's outside. 23 years ago, you stole the only thing my father ever cared about. Sorry. This is some sort of TikTok prank? I'm about to lose my shit. It's definitely a prank. Clearly, that's a fake gun. <laughs> <laughs> or not. You're coming with me back to Russia. Russia? If you try to run. <laughs> he's, he's going down. Why are you talking all fast like you're on speed or something? Because I'm on speed. Oh. More drugs. Bert, take off that shirt and show those SOBs who you really are. Now, you got to party with me. He's the motherfucking machine. Fine. I'm just going to shoot like. I killed a man. Well, technically you killed several men. Technically you killed several men. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't. Oh, it was so good. I, I would 100% go see this in the theaters. Totally. It looks so funny. I did and not the inclusion, And the inclusion of... Uh, God, why does his name escape me right now? Mark, Mark. Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> chef's kiss. Oh, uh, it was too good. It was so funny. I did not think I'd ever hear those words leave Mark's mouth. But I am so glad I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Christ. Um, Dad, why are you talking all fast like you're on speed? Because uh, I am speed. on speed. Oh, More drugs. <laughs> the fact that we're already quoting this. We're already quoting this. How do you not? How do you not? That's too good. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> um, if I was said illicit drug user i'd probably have a baggie with me when i go see this in the theaters just saying just saying that probably wouldn't be a bad idea honestly <laughs> that might that might make this that might make this like go through the roof for some people 
<laughs> I was a little skeptical at first, I have to admit. And I'm like, what is this? And then we get the 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 fact that that's the backstory. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. I like this. Mm -hmm. I like this. You come to me. We go back to Russia. <laughs> so good, so good. Crying we are totally, out. we are totally reviewing this when it comes out. Like, 100%. oh, when is this coming out? May twenty sixth. Right. Oh, thank you, thank you. I guess that means we'll have something to do this summer. I guess so. So good. Oh, so, so all right. Good. Well, that is where we're going to leave this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please be sure to leave a rating on whatever podcasting platform you happen to be listening on. Um, and if you're listening on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, give us a rating, all that good stuff. Uh, leave us a comment if there's anything you'd like to, like, uh, to see us do. And yeah, that's that's gonna be it until next episode. Bye bye. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast Period. This episode was hosted and produced by Ben, co-hosted and edited by David. You can contact Ben on Twitter at BenPlaysVidges. That's BenPlays, V-I-D-Y-A-S. And you can contact David on Twitter at Car6By16. If you'd like to chat with us about any of the topics on this episode, you can hit the show up at Podcast Period on Twitter. Or shoot us an email at podcastperiodpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.